0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, welcome to Textroverts, the podcast exploring the how behind the who of people working in tech. My name is Martina Simon and I am your host. This podcast covers anything but the job. We introduce the guest, move on to the buzz wheel, a letter number randomizer that determines the questions I'll ask, and we close with sage advice about careers in the industry. Plug in. We're recording. Ibona. Over to you.
1: Hello, my name is Ibona eastman Henry, and I am a brand partnerships manager at web AR platform Eighth Wall, which is part of Niantic. Most people know the parent company Niantic through AR games such as Pokemon Go. Eighth Wall was actually acquired by Niantic last year. My role is to work with brands on how they can incorporate augmented reality into their brand marketing campaigns, helping them find partners to build those AR experiences for people to enjoy. Oh, that is a fantastic area to be in. You're not victim to the full technicalities of
0: the technology of AR, but you get to utilize it, use it, and kind of find creative ways to plug it in. And obviously, I work in marketing. I'm hugely biased. (laughs) Um, very, very (laughs) excited that you're here, Ivana. You guys know that we have what I call a buzzword of 520 questions. There are 20 topics based on a number between 1 and 20, and each letter represents a different format the question may be asked in. Ibona is going to give me a letter and a number combination that is completely random, and that will determine what I start with in terms of questions. So, lady, a letter and a number combo, please. (laughs) Why 20? 20 is the topic of taboo. The question here is... If you could never get caught, would you steal?
1: Oh my god! You know what? There are a lot of empty houses in London, beautiful houses, (laughs) and the owners not even here, not even in the country. That's a shame in this great city of architecture. You've not given me a definitive answer as to where. I feel like this is such a problematic question. (laughs) I feel like you
0: want to say yes, but you're worried about judgment. This is a judgment-free... No, no, saying- no, I'm stealing the house. <laughs> I love it. I mean, for the benefit of the tape, we are not encouraging stealing, but, you know, this is no. extroverts. I won't tell if you don't. Ivana, could you please give me <laughs> another letter and number combination? H4. H4, okay. You have landed on the topic of drink, and you're on the quickfire format. I'll say a word. These are names of different kinds of drinks. And you tell me, Ibona, the first thing that pops into your mind. Do not overthink it. Martini. Dirty. Negroni.
1: Cocktail. Lager. Lager, 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 lout. <laughs> Rosé. Pink. Nicely done.
0: The lager, 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 lout. I've never heard. What is that from? Give me the It Wasn't there
1: a song called Born Slippy? And one yeah, of the lyrics was lager, 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 lout. Born Slippy does ring a bell, but I'm
0: not a lager lass. I'm very much a red wine lady, so I'm not familiar. Let's dig into this. When you go out, what's your Mm. tipple of choice?
1: The Dirty Martini.
0: Classic cocktail. Are you a fan of James Bond?
1: Yeah, every time there's a new film out, me and my dad, it's not even a question. We will go and see the film together. That's our thing.
0: Okay, so very controversial question is approaching and I'm sure you know what it's going to (laughs) be. Go on. Who is the best
1: James Bond, Ibona, in your opinion? As much as I adore and love James Bonds, it was a bit cheesy. It was a bit camp. It was a bit, you know, this edgy, mm. rugged reboot that Daniel Craig brought. Uh, he just did something to it. Made it his own. We grew up aware of the other Bonds, David
0: Niven, Barry Nelson, Lazenby, Timothy Dalton, Sean Don't Connery, Roger Moore, count. Pierce Brosnan and Daniel Craig. Goldeneye is my favourite Bond film of them all, just because we had the game. I've got three brothers. We grew up playing it and it's just embedded into my memory. But
1: Daniel Craig, no one touches him for me. Skyfall was my favourite because I thought Mm. Daniel Craig was great. Mm. Adele's soundtrack was phenomenal. Javier Bardem was like the best villain. Skyfall actually is my favourite Bond, hands down.
0: I get so passionate. This is such a good franchise.
1: Last question on this then. Who would you choose if it could be any actor out there for the next Bond? Recently, I heard the whole world going mad for Happy Valley. So I've just binge watched it.
0: Tommy Lee Royce's character. Yes, yes. yes. There's been a lot of outcry that the world is romanticizing true crime too much a little bit. It's interesting because I
1: think with the Tommy Lee Royce, he was a great actor, but his character disgusted me, It gave me chills. So I don't understand the romanticizing thing myself. So I can't really speak to do we romanticize these characters. The way that it's been suggested is just that it's the actors they're choosing
0: and also showing oh. us, you know, too many sympathies about them and humanising them. Oh, we had a hard upbringing, so, you know, maybe that's why. And it's like, if you're going to tell us the story, we don't need to feel sorry for a reprehensible character like that. The man's name in real life is James Norton. Completely agree. I think he would be a brilliant Bond. Maybe even like the son or something of Daniel Craig. They could tie it together.
1: Actually, um, yeah, they have a kind of a likeness, don't they?
0: Get me in that writer's room. Come on, guys. I'm, I'm, I can do it. <laughs> We got all of that from uh, Dirty Martini. Love it. And, uh, <laughs> on that amazing note, a bonner another letter and number combo, please. K5. Hey, five. five is the topic of art.
1: And the question is Is Banksy overrated? Oh, no, I think Banksy's brilliant. I think there is a snobbery around the medium of his art, yeah. that is graffiti. I think he is an excellent storyteller, very observant of modern news and talking about that through his excellent art. I think the arts classic, I've been to his exhibitions
0: and his museum in Amsterdam and his London tour and stuff like that. You know, it's every mouse mat, it's every poster, it's every screensaver. It's almost bastardization and commercialism of the art. I do think now, like Gen Z, no offence to Gen Z at all, (laughs) Or even the next generation will wear the hoodie, not know who it is, but it looks cool. Does that take any value away maybe from
1: somebody like Banksy when it happens? Or do you not think it does mess with it? Is he overrated? No. Has he become popular? Yes. I don't think popularity is a bad thing. I think there's a thing with art. Mm. You have to be underground to be respected. And Mm. as soon as you become popular, the tide turns. Does he endorse his stuff going on T-shirts and mouse mats? Probably not. And it's like the generation before us, if we walked around in Nirvana or Motorhead t-shirts, which people of our generation do, it's like the same conversation is, they don't know, they don't understand who that (laughs) band is, oh, they're overrated, they're sold out. Did Kurt Cobain say, put his face on the t-shirt? Absolutely not. The same conversation happens over and over and over and over again. But Banksy's
0: brilliant. Completely agree. And shout out to Kurt Cobain and uh, Lemmy, Larry and Lucas there, Motorhead and Nirvana. Ivana, this has been a fantastic chat. So, so fun. I'm gonna have to ask you, sadly, for the final letter and number combination, please. I'm gonna go for Z eight. The topic of education for number eight.
1: The question is: describe your favorite teacher from your childhood. I haven't thought about this in a million years. I was in primary school and there was a teacher called Mr. Richards or Mr. Richardson, and we were building paper planes he was teaching us about birds and how they can hover in the sky because the heat rises under their wings or something around that. And I was being like curious, George, and trying to understand it. It's like, <laughs> is it because the wind moves and then the heat rises? So, and I think like for my age, it was getting quite into the depths of physics. But <laughs> rather than stop me, he let me be curious and encourage that at that oh. moment. I wasn't necessarily the most academic, but I was really curious around the sciences, particularly biology. Mm -hmm. And I think once you tapped into things about animals, it just sparked my enthusiasm. I had some great teachers, but that's just something that springs to mind. Have you maintained that interest? When I was much, much younger, I was really, really into like reptiles, thermoregulation and how they need to sit in the sun to keep warm and how snakes can be able to move so quickly without legs and how they sense their prey when they can't see like I was so geeking out on that stuff (laughs) I used to bunk off school and just go to the Horniman Museum you know like I was the worst rebel ever most people are scared of those creatures and Ebola's like no as a kid I was This is actually quite funny. Around the same time as Mr. Richardson era, that was obviously quite a fundamental part of my schooling. I remember that we used to get the animal man visit once a year. One year he bought in a royal python and I touched it and I was like fascinated. The skin was so iridescent. This python was warm. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And I think that was the moment that changed everything. And that's it. Everybody
0: as a child, I feel, has key moments, of course, the catalyst to spark who they are. So maybe that's unfolded as you being super curious as an adult and maybe even the career path you've gone into. Potentially. Yeah, I feel like everything has that impact, like a butterfly effect. I'm really, Mm. really big into that, which is the primary reason for this podcast. What unifying qualities or experiences have we had as people that work in tech that have led us around this path? So yeah, I love that
1: mode of discussion. No pet snakes? I had a pet lizard a leopard gecko called gizmo but now i just got a cat called littlefoot ivana this
0: has been a mini deep dive into your life and times i love the whistle stop tour i really appreciate it and you (laughs) indulging us we're at the segment in the podcast that i like to call sage advice for those listening that are aspirational about getting into this industry what is some advice that you have that has
1: maybe spurred you on in your own career that you could give to them to help my advice would be it is amazing to have a focus and a goal but I think don't be too rigid on your career path. I have noticed this trend of, well, if you haven't become CEO of your own company and earning seven figures by the time you're 21, you have kind of failed. No shade. If you've got a goal and you're very successful early on, amazing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's all right to have a little bit of a detour, all right to have a little bit of a change, all right just not to know and try different things. Gather different skills and experiences and opportunities that might help shape. Having a goal is absolutely fine, but just remain a little bit curious. I'd also say to really just be yourself, each to their own. I don't care what other people do, but I have my hair naturally in Mm locks. At one point in my career, that would have been considered quote unquote unprofessional. I love my tattoos, I have tattoos that you can see quite visibly. One boss, she definitely was like, if you get any more tattoos, you'll never work again. I stopped listening to those sort of opinions because that's how I feel most comfortable. And when I am most comfortable, I produce my best work. So be a bit curious and just be yourself. Ivana, thank you so much. That was really fun. Thank you so much for having me on. You're most welcome.
0: We'll definitely catch up. But for now, we'll leave it here. Take care. Bye.